Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my fellow host, who is definitely not at all freaked out by being several years older than the new Sheffield Wednesday manager, Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm good. I'm not at all freaked out by being, you know, what, look, oh, oof. you know, you're, you're making me, I'm going to write something down for later when we discuss it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, scribble, okay. scribble, 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 scribble. Made a note. I'm doing well. I'm good. Yes, and as rich as, and, and also that. Yeah, I, I, it's last last month. I turned forty. So yeah, completely stamped myself. And then you must be getting close to that time. I'm, I a, I'm a young whippersnapper in my mid to late thirties. Actually, not a, not somebody who's in their forties like you. I'm quite a lot younger. Uh, I'll be yes, I'll be turning turning forty myself in June next year. So. Okay, there we go. So, yeah, I, I'm going to die now. Uh, I've got a couple of friends who are a similar bag to yourself who uh, who have those early birthdays in the uh, in the the academic year. The and, academic uh, year, yes, yeah. I'll I'll be dining out until the very moment I I tick over to the big four zero uh, on on the fact that yeah, I'm 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 somebody in my in my thirties. Just a just a sprightly chick really in many ways and you're your old cock of the walks <laughs> so indeed Luke, i am rich we're, we're, we're podcasting we're occasional podcasters now. we're occasional podcasters yeah we fired up the the podcast machine for you know regular mandated times and sometimes non uh irregular <laughs> non-mandated times where we feel yeah. this is fitting and what a what a fitting Week and a half? How long? What is the timeline of this? The timeline of this feels surreal. We are recording this. I'll, I'll get. I'll try and record the edit and get this out fairly quickly afterwards. Recording this on Saturday, the fourteenth of October. And when was um when is the Rich's amazing joke prior to the as recording? Uh, the last days of Shisko. Yeah, last days of Shisko. Um, because he was sacked the day after the West Brom game, right? And that was a Tuesday, right? That was a, a week, yeah, yeah, a week Tuesday. So that was okay. So we've had like, so it's largely been a week and a half, really. Yeah, it, it bizarre. It kind of feels. I don't. It kind of feels longer. I mean, it's it's still. Yeah, uh, maybe that's something to get into in terms of timing a bit later in the when we get in this thing. But it's it's been a it's been a kind of surreal. I guess it's been pretty quick. It hasn't felt from what the conjecture of new manager coming in from start it felt it felt a little bit dragged out i guess in terms of some of the we we heard a lot during the process that there were a lot of he's still effectively under contracts i think with the the the, german national team the dfb is that yes the deutsche fush about the board something (laughs) and that's the first use of uh that kind of stereotypical, a lower, low level uh, German accent. And you <laughs> probably get a few instances of that, folks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> maybe, we have of making maybe... your play football. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, you might want to do a drinking <laughs> so game to that. You might, so... you might want to do a drinking game to our terrible impressions. You might not want to do a drinking game to our terrible impressions. It's up to you. Um, but believe me, I think there's going to be more of those throughout <laughs> the podcast. Yeah, so effectively, but it's one of those kind of... So he was... Um, Oh, let oh, let's get into that later. Okay, so Munyov. Okay, yeah, yeah. Shishko. Yeah. So, the weird gonna... thing about Mr. Munyov is I would call him Munyov because I've I've spent great um too much attention to learn how to pronounce his name. Yeah. Considering everyone just called him Shishko. And I didn't is that like was that a is that a stylistic thing? I think when he played like I think from his playing days, because there is sometimes that thing with Spanish and Portuguese players where they kind of have a, maybe have their first name or they have a nickname. <laughs> I think when he played, he had Gisco as his name on the back of his shirt. That's as far as I remember anyway. Mm. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it's a, it's a shorthand, but one that he possibly prefers. Mm. But yeah, obviously, nice, lovely pronunciation from yourself on on the second name there. And the first name, it's, it's, you're going great guns there. And unfortunately, it's a name that you will slowly have to forget now. I know there's going to be something to replace that, and I haven't quite figured out what it is in my brain. Um, <laughs> but but there we go. So yeah, how do we begin to how do we begin to unravel his tenure? Because we last we last spoke on the evening of the Leeds draw. Yes, which was our first point of the season. <clears throat> yes, yeah. So. And, we, and that, yeah. <laughs> so at that point, I think like to kind of I don't know to try and like broadly summarize. I think we were sort of feeling like okay, it's not been good, but it's early doors, and yep. maybe yep. maybe there's some green shoots from this draw. Since then, we've lost to Ipswich. We've drawn with Borough, who were terrible. I mean, unbelievably bad, but they got a draw out of us, and and, and we and at some points towards the end there, we were kind of clinging on. Um, and then we've lost to Swansea and, and Sunderland, giving up three goals in both cases. So from, from those that kind of green shoot moment, uh, big clodding reality came and sort of trampled over those green shoots by and large. Yeah, that was very much like it felt like we were at the point of like, is this is this a new dawn? Is mm. this the point where things is this a turning point? Is this yeah. is this your your sliding doors? Your big sliding that hockey doors? stick recovery. Mm. Uh, the, uh, and uh, the- it was very much yeah it was very much a false new dawn it it never it never transpired beyond there as you've said with those games and those results and you've given like a quick recap of all those games you know i forgot about we can, do, we can dip into in a bit more detail but it was just to kind of yeah kind of give a broad overview of from that where we where we are and where we last spoke about this because, um, you know, I mean, uh, the general nature of sporting Sheffield Wednesday is anytime they make you feel any element of hope, then I, I feel the need to apologize refuse, refutedly to anyone who I've displayed any degree of optimism about, you know, and, and that's purely, you know, I, we do this podcast and I, I feel like an idiot, basically, because yeah. I think they seem like a weird kind of quiet optimism about him coming in. Um was not in a particularly exciting name, but I think that's one that kind of slowly warmed up with fans. Um, I guess the interesting thing is, and like that could be a comparison to come into talking about the new manager later, 
like the interesting thing was like one of the notes I've made was that like you know I I felt there was a little bit of mild conjecture. I mean things probably in very uh, it probably exists in a very small um, sphere of Wednesday of Wednesdayites. Is that I think that the culture is that people like me and you, Rich, who are you know very committed, very kind yeah. of borderline obsessive with our our fandom of, of Sheffield Wednesday, commit ourselves to things like lovely. of course. Of course. Why are we doing this on a on a Saturday? <laughs> why, for the Lord? Why am I giving Zoom more money for this purpose? Yeah. <laughs> um, like so, there's there's Al's talk, and that's a very much. We kind of forget that it's not kind of like a beacon in like popular yeah. Sheffield Wednesday forums, but it's it's kind of a largely one of the more popular hubs as well as communities on on Elon Musk's X. Um, um, and then I remember like one of the, one of the characters on there is a gentleman named Scram, who I think we know from his background and his posts that he spent time as a physio in, in, um, in the professional game. It was at Watford and he seemed to say like, it was like, Oh, try to, to give like a very, um, a very, a very decent kind of read on his time at Watford. And kind of said some things like, oh, you know, the players really enjoyed working under him, left a very kind of positive environment. And I think we heard a little bit of that in the media. I mean, that that kind of, that reading was separate, but then we see, we saw a little bit of that at the beginning, the yeah. beginning of his tenure when he's coming in and training with the players. Seemed like a bit of an impression there and smile on the face. Did you think it was really miraculous that we had this conjecture, this history, and like a little bit of that beginning and then we saw absolutely none of any smiles at good times when they were on the pitch. Yeah. And you wonder how much the wider situation at the club, because it's it's been an odd experience, feeling that that kind of cognitive dissonance of, and I suppose lots of football fans have it, and Wednesday fans have had it several times through the years, but you're kind of like, you're supporting the club, but you're not happy with the chairman. And they're, they're like, you always support the team on the pitch, but you might be unhappy about certain decisions or not fond of a certain player. You know, there's all these things that are kind of like these several directions your brain is being pulled in at once. Mm. But I do, in terms of the wider sort of picture of the football club, obviously that we talked about the press conference just being, I mean, has any, has there ever been a, managerial unveiling that was quite so sour and and bizarre um you know from the off the 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 guy had a pretty gargantuan task um seeing as the fellow who just employed him spent 15 20 minutes ranting about what an ex-player had said on twitter next to him whilst he looked like he was sort of choking on his water um <laughs> it's it's tough um and i, I and i think the players seemed to you know all seemed to love Darren Moore I don't think anybody was would have didn't feel like anybody would be happy to see him go I can't remember anybody that was kind of slighted or ignored by Moore who would be kind of rubbing their hands together at the prospect of him leaving so you're kind of walking into a situation where you're not nobody's first choice um I, I think you're right I don't I don't I don't ever feel like the players weren't trying I don't you know we talk about like losing dressing rooms and things like that and I don't I didn't ever get that feeling, but you're right. There, there wasn't the. It didn't ever feel like anybody was enjoying themselves, and certain players have just looked completely lost this whole time. Yeah, like George Byers does not know what he's supposed to be doing on that in in this 
the it, the the roles he was being given, and I think he played more often than not. He he's a very good player, and he has looked completely at sea the all season. Well, that's I, I think that kind of backs up your point. Like, has a player played more and looks so anonymous to the point where I forgot that they've been that they they've been involved. I've yeah. I've seen a lot less Sheffield Wednesday due to kind of commitments change of things and just general life things. But like, whenever I have seen you know Sheffield Wednesday play this season, it's I, I well I don't remember anybody in centre midfield no, pretty much. No. You know, and we I mean we were told about this kind of you know um, cavalier. Um, I'm trying to think of the trying to think of the the, the right phrase here, but the, you know this kind of like. We were supposed to be an attacking team that was kind of throwing caution to the wind. That's 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 the the Munoz way is <laughs> kind of rock and roll football, getting forward and overlapping <laughs> pullbacks and Gareth Ainsworth well, looking up. Gar- well, Gareth Ainsworth is rock and roll football. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But you know, the, the, there was this story told about, as I say, like yeah, like four, kind of four four two overlapping fullbacks, a lot of. A lot of forward play, a lot of forward momentum, and and maybe maybe you'd let in a couple of goals, but you'll get you'll score three or four because you're so good at attacking. And I I never there was not one game where I thought we had a plan of how to attack. Uh, it, it was I mean it was bizarre how little how little sort of momentum or um, forethought had gone into any of it was just like. Every game felt like it was surviving. That the we never progressed from the Southampton game, which was just oh mm. crap, oh crap, football ah, and, <laughs> and, and <laughs> we never really moved on. You know, like the best performances were we frightened ourselves into staying in our own half for the whole game. Essentially, that that was kind of as good as it got, and and therefore. It was really hard for the opposition to attack. I think probably our best player out of the new bunch, or maybe out of the whole season, has been Vasquez, the goalkeeper. But I don't think he's been particularly good. I just think mm. he's the only one that was doing it this game. Interesting, you mentioned Vasquez, and might be something to talk about later. Yeah, mm. I feel like I've got thoughts on him, but it's just interesting. Like, I mean, like I think that, but like, yeah, I I don't think ever think any playing style ever transpired. No, from Munyafsan, and it it felt like the uh, there was nothing getting learned from week to week. It, it, you can experiment, that's fine, and and I think everybody. I don't think there was a lack of patience from Wednesday fans in this. Like, I think sometimes Wednesday, like Wednesday fans, get rightly criticised. I think we can sometimes be kind of a bit stroppy and a bit quick to 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 anger on things. Probably like other, I'm sure other fan bases are the same, but I only know Sheffield Wednesday intimately in that way. Mm. Um, and yeah, I know I've been there before where you're just like, oh, come on, he's he's 19, he's gonna lose the ball, you know, have a bit more patience. We're passing it around the back, sometimes we're gonna have some scary moments, but I don't think there was that. I don't think the fan, I think the fans broadly were understanding that this was a weird situation he'd been dropped into. There was we were kind of running to catch up, and effectively the first few games were going to feel a bit preseasony because mm. it all came together so haphazardly towards the end. Right. I, I, I think there was a lot of patience there, but what you need to see. So I think it. Let's say three, four games of spamming players into the lineup and just hoping something sticks is okay. 
I, don't, I think once you do that for another three or four games and it's like, okay, are you just like rolling a dice or picking ha- names from a hat? And like, there's no, last week has no bearing on this week's because you, you'd go like, oh, such and such had a good, there was one game, I think like, I can't remember what which game it was, but like, it felt like Bernard and DRB looked like a good pairing. And it's like, okay, these two look all right together. Or I think maybe there was a three, which was Bernard, DRB and... I offer and you're like, okay, so now we've got a back three. We've got, he's picked his goalkeeper. So now we just need to build the next couple of blocks. But there was never any, the next week, none of those three would be in the back three. Mm. And it would be a back two or, <laughs> you know, and it just, uh, it would be Famuwa and Hekwa the next game. Um, and you're like, okay, so we learned nothing from that previous performance, did we? Yeah. And maybe, uh, I can Famiwo is a great transition to oh, yeah. think about something else. Because, I mean, so effectively, the only things that we get to see as football fans, the two things we get to really see about a manager is like, you know, what are, what is is there, what are we believing is their influence that is transpiring on what is mm. going on on the pitch? So that is the first and the biggest thing. And the second thing we really have to scramble for um, when things don't work or if things aren't looking like transparent from that is what are, what's going on with the, them in the media? What are they being interviewed by the local media? And speaking of Akin Famuo, he was put ahead of obviously the situation with um, the man, the man in Dubai, Marvin <laughs> Johnson. And, um, and you remember him. He played yeah. for us on loan from Blackpool last year on season loan. And now he's our player, Reese James. <laughs> yes. And he was very much those two characters for whatever reason, because we he never talked about them and very diligently avoided talking about, especially Marvin Johnson and very, yeah. very rarely mentioned Reese James. Both of those are put to one side to play players such Famiwo, I don't know if we saw, did we see Delgado at left back? Delgado, we saw Patterson there. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you... anybody else, bar you know, miracle, we didn't see Dawson play left back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I. I mean, I'd like to see that in a friendly, but it would be really funny to watch <laughs> in, um, a tes- in a testimonial. Um, yeah. Testimonial. <laughs> yeah. Like um, you know how Bartes used to sometimes get chucked off on up front for Man United in testimony, in like friendlies and testimonials. It's, it'd be really funny if like Cameron Dawson's like always. I've always loved. I've always wanted to play left wing back. I've always had this desire in my heart <laughs> to play left wing back. It was my dying father's wish. <laughs> Do you think you know how there was that? There's like that that thing traditionally like left-handed people are like suspicious in some way people were like forced to write right-handed do you think do you think munoz is still is the last man standing of that school and he's just like these disgusting left-footed monsters like, get out of my sight i don't want to see you looking comfortable with the ball on your left foot get out of here and and like family won't manage so. to like Brick him, you know. He would always play right footed until it came to the match, and then he'd just spend the, the week in between times apologising for using his left foot so efficiently. Sorry, I guess so. sorry. It just it just felt like the the right thing to do at the time. <laughs> I don't like it. I hate it as much as you. <laughs> um, just I mean, to kind of, yeah. yeah, just kind of case in point in terms of mm. lack of build. So. I just wanted to check that I wasn't 
making things up. So we played played Leeds. That was that kind of cause cause for for hope. Kind of their 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 uh, goalkeeper was their man of the match uh, in the Leeds game, according to to the the statistics. And mm. so we had a back five of Callum Patterson, right wing back, Dishon Bernard, Bambo Diaby, Famuo, and Delgado. And then we get to that's the one of them. Game. That's one of the better back threes, back fives. <laughs> yeah, we get to the next game against uh, Ipswich. And the back five is Patterson, Liam Palmer, Dominic Iorfa, Akin Famuo, Delgado. Oh. So it's like you changed like almost half the defense from the best performance of the season. It's just a bit. Uh... And the other thing is immediately Hendrick and uh, and then Buckley kind of getting shoved into things when Hendrick looks completely. I mean, at best, average. He looks like another. Dave Jones, uh, David Jones, thick of like this is an old cart horse who's, who's run his race. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, we're not doing the squad yet. We're, we're going to move into that. We'll we'll transition mm. seamlessly into that at some point. <laughs> so I, I guess like it it almost feels like a weird like the last bit I can say is basically you know very thorny nature mm. in. Mm. prickly a prickly prick, character prickly character very much attacked but felt like you know, a an attacked animal carrying in a corner. Um, the Johnson run? and James thing became a really rod, just came a rod for his yeah. own back. Honestly, yeah. yeah. I think that as a as a fan, that was one of those things that you couldn't easily excuse because the Johnson thing, that happened before the season even started. And you're like, how on earth have you fallen out with a player so badly that they are sent to cover like they're not even training with the first team to the point where the PFA is investigating that they're being looked after enough by us as a club like how do you fall out with somebody that quickly that mm. and no and <laughs> for the other for your own selfish reasons that guy's got more he had more assists than Bannon last season yeah like why you'd lost your best goal maker through some sort of strange falling out Completely making a rod for your own back. And do you want to hear a weird little? This is I don't know where this fits in, but um, it, it it's uh, it just was interesting to me, and I thought I'd share it. Maybe it's mm. news to people, but <clears throat> someone was saying about managerial payoffs. So this idea that someone gets a two-year contract and then if you sack them after six months, they remain on the books for the next eighteen months is not always a given, and quite often like all sorts of contracts, there's like performance indicators built in for managers. And a really common one is to have a certain win percentage after 10 games, 10 league games. Um, and if you look, Pulis sacked after 10 games, Munoz sacked after 10 games. And it makes me think that there must have been, it feels too much of a coincidence because he probably should have been sacked two games or three games before that, let's be honest. But if if there was a break clause where yeah you need a certain win percentage by that point that feels like that's probably why that happened when it did yeah wow and it's, yeah and what a what a great um, metric for comparison like yes. you know like I I felt like previously the bar was Tony Pulis I mean at least we won a fucking game under Pulis <laughs> yes yeah did he get six points or was it four points is a win and a draw or a win and three draws I think and then was... the remaining were losses. Yeah. Fuck. I, I thought I was like I, I never expected it. I didn't 
expect money. I expect money off to struggle. I expect the Wednesday. You know, I, but I, I thought we would have asked at least one win. Yeah, I thought. So what we had two draw, two draws in ten games. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we're on we're on three points now. We have three singular points. Not a single one of them is a win. I thought we would have won one game. I thought we'd probably be on six or seven or eight points. I thought we'd be pushing Rotherham basically. Yeah, exactly. We, it, it's being so cut adrift, isn't it? Is the yeah. Because I feel like I've known and I've seen Wednesday to be, you know, like I've seen the hard times and we're scrimping together, but we're trying the kind of Brian Laws, the kind of, the world of kind of like we're getting around a point a game, you know, we're getting the odd win, but we're not we're not winning against these other teams because we're just not very good or we're just yeah. Yeah. lowly equipped. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like a weird mentality of like, we're picking, we're picking our battles. We're picking the ones that are winnable. And we're really trying to go for that. And it's just fucking none of that. Absolutely no. none of that. Um, <laughs> wow. I could. I feel like I could talk about shit. I'm surprised I've learned lengthy we can talk about Mr. Munyoff, depending how terrible it was. I, just I thought, to, yeah. So just to kind of, because I know there'll be certain people that it really annoys. And I, I'm often one of them myself when listening to podcasts. So Pulis, in the statement on his sacking, I've not managed to find a full record of his uh, time there, but... Chansiri said in the statement on the pitch, seven points from a possible thirty is not acceptable. So that must have been a win and two win and, and four, four draws. draws. Yeah, so markedly better. Than... Yeah, because it, it was hilarious. Because it was literally because it was ten games. It was one win. It was a ten percent win rate. Yeah, yeah. So we've had a. I mean, you've not had a manager outside of that. They said this is the worst start to a Sheffield Wednesday season. In basically enough football league history, exactly, which is like a hundred and hundred and twenty years. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know why I'm laughing so much. It's really not funny, but um, you have to do something. <laughs> yeah, because we typically look at yeah. There's that the the interesting thing. I did, did you, Rich? I didn't say. I don't know if I sent this on to you. I sent this on to my brother because I I thought it was really interesting. Like, um. You know, a lot of us are very stylistically kind of prone. I think my my oldest brother Andy, who I speak about in the podcast, who I speak to quite a bit about Wednesday, is yeah. quite focused on certain certain kind of tactics and mentalities. He's got interest for that, and he's okay. You know, applied a little bit to that when he's been coaching my my nephew's team and stuff. The stuff he's done there, and joyed with you know the joys of managing children's football, which is something yes. else. Um, <laughs> I loved it. Did you see the Stardom interview with Liera? I, I I read through it. Uh, you did send me the link. I did yeah. send you that link. Yeah. 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 I, I thought that was, sorry, there's a bit which was just, Liera was just incredibly damning about Munoz's style, about the fact that there was there was zero press. There was yeah. zero. Yeah. Um, he said basically there's 11 mannequins on the pitch. In fact, I'll probably just pull up, pull up the quote that we've just kind of sent across. Under Shisco, the main problem was without the ball, says the 44-year-old. It was shocking. It was like having 11 mannequins on the pitch. There was no desire, no tackling, no closing down, no passion. It's impossible to win games like that. If they were playing like that against a League Two club, they'd still lose. Any player, if you give them seven, eight, nine seconds on the ball, it's too long. I couldn't believe it from a manager like him. I know they brought a lot of players in the last day of the window, but are they fit enough? I don't know. Mm. Miraculous that someone who... Um, just someone who is like, I don't know, a degree of a pundit is saying something so harsh and candid. Yes. 
like that is that is miraculous and i I can't disagree with any of it i just felt all of it hit the nail on the head effectively regarding playing style yeah which i think i believe at some i mean there was a lot of things said but i i believe um pressing was also supposed to be one of his style points you know so i'm sure when he came in it was like it was supposed to be like high intensity and it was even talked like, oh, the players aren't fit enough to play. That it's like, well, that, yeah, that, yeah, they weren't. I don't pressing. see any application. We did an amazing combination of not pressing, but also not marking anyone. So mm. there were more holes than Swiss cheese. And also, when you put the ball into those holes, there was very often a player left completely unmarked in there. It was. I've never seen. I mean, some of the, it was bad from the off, and it got worse. I. I so I, I I was embarrassed watching the last couple of games. I, I not not only did I not feel like there was a plan. I ju- it just I've not seen a team look quite so lost. And I've seen some bad Sheffield Wednesday teams during my time. <laughs> we we were at the Yeovil game uh, under under Irvin. You know, <laughs> like we've seen some pretty clueless ambling performances but they, they it just there was a particular time. yeah like they never played football before Yeovil was weird because it, it felt abject but it felt like they were still you could still see at moments glimmers I loved Al and the players didn't they they really did they loved Al loved negative Al um <laughs> But they, they felt like from that game, and I don't know if it's just pure nostalgia giving me rosy, rosy looks back and in, into the past. But like, <laughs> um, like it, it felt like you could see glimmers of talent in a team. Like there just seems not there seems yeah. none of that during my, no. like it just. And then you know again with the 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 prickly, um, the prickly, fawny nature of him in in the post match interviews, being like, well, they're working really hard. I yeah. that's always a that's always yeah. really crass. Um, that's the great sign that a, a manager's on the way out if they're defending <laughs> the fact that the players are working hard in training. Yeah, just just awful, just just terrible. Just it's like, what are they working hard at? <laughs> yeah, and there was some strange things, wasn't there? There was the because the, there was there was the question about the set piece specialist, and then he said, "Oh yeah, he he does a, a ses- an hour session a week." And but apparently he did work them like it's funny how all these little things that come out after a play after a manager leave because like Stat, uh, Staten talking about it afterwards was saying oh the players apparently don't haven't enjoyed the workload under Cisco like he's had them in every single day like after yeah. matches yeah just like well we didn't none of us heard, you didn't tell anybody this to my knowledge you weren't telling people this prior to him leaving. It's a bit funny that this kind of like this revelation waits until afterwards. <laughs> but um yeah, it, it just mm. it, it it just it just became untenable. Um if he was a at some point at some level you sort of felt sorry for him because he was just completely just not the right man for the job. Seemed completely out of his depth. It became increasingly hard to really understand what he was trying to say in interviews um because you it, to the point where it made you wonder like how, how how is he getting ideas across in training like this is sort of incoherent babble mm. when asked asked fairly simple questions by and large by the local press and you sort of like so how is this working like monday to friday getting points across to, to players i don't it just yeah it all felt it all felt uh completely completely wrong and 
Um, so is there any more on the, 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 the last days of disco, the last days of Cisco? I think that probably covers it. Uh, I, maybe this is a plot point that is the the broaching point because I think the smallest portion of this podcast will be talking about you know long serving academy manager Neil Thompson. Yeah, you know, Tomo. Tomo doing the you know the now Lee Bullen role because Lee Bullen has you know progressed and is managing in, in Scotland. 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 Um, that you know he's the guy who we we call upon to you know to keep things together and. Wasn't it just miraculous how, you know, a team of football players just playing regular conventional football, <laughs> um, just just playing in a very regular style of football, just just really made a comparison to Munoz's time that it, it it shouldn't seem hard. It shouldn't seem hard to put in mm. an average performance. You know, I mean, I feel we were possibly blessed by going up against... Huddersfield, who are very, very average championship side. But I mean, for the purpose of this, the purpose of our mission and coming up in this league, unless somehow miraculously we get ourselves attached to, get ourselves attached to a rocket ship of um, great investments and possibly going along with that kind of playing style, look across at Ipswich Town. um, Really, our mission is to just stay in this division. And then establish, yeah. begun to establish ourselves as a second tier side again because it's felt that the club is too big for the third tier of English football, and yeah. probably averaging out in our history as possibly a second tier, pushing first tier time if we can get it right. But yeah. we need yeah. to get a foothold in this division, and especially with all this stuff going on, that you know, it's running a football club is an expensive thing. Doing it badly is even more expensive. Yes, yeah. You know, I've, I think I've said this numerous times. I feel that's my podcast catchphrase of going back over looking at the Chancery era. It's like, <laughs> if we fuck this up, it's a huge loss in revenue. Yeah. Like, so you need to get this right. You cannot. Do we want... Yeah. So like, just just as a comparison, Thompson just has one game and it looks remarkably, remarkably better. You know, we bring yeah. Reese James in. I remember saying to you, um, you, I think I, I watched a fair bit of the game and I think you watched, you were there for it and you yeah, said, yeah. that is a huge difference. That is yeah. a huge difference to the left side. Wow. What an idea. You have a player who is a, a side, you know, is a left back by trade yeah. and you yeah. say, what do you want me to do, boss? I want you to play left back. Oh, yes. wow. What a, what a miraculous looks like, looks like I put the sausage meat in and, you know, I didn't get a fucking raccoon burger. It's done. It's, this sausage meat has worked so much better in my sausage making machine than the, than the Lego I kept putting in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't work out how I couldn't get a good sausage out of all the Lego that I put in, but turns out sausage meat really works well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh dear. I think what one thing that's been frustrating as a fan, though. Well, there's two. I'm sorry, my brain's sort of bouncing around a little bit. But the, but one thing that's been frustrating. You mentioned like Huddersfield being bang average. I I think we've not played many teams that have looked good. No, and I yeah. Right. But like Preston, are oh, not a special team in any way. I, I know they're doing quite well in the league, but that's a it's a pretty average squad, and they're getting a real tune out of some. Very, very ho hum players. I mean, Will Keane is their strike, their big striker. 
I mean, he's not been good ever. He's been he's been minorly better than Wilkin when he played for us. Let's say yes, that. exactly. Yeah, but that doesn't damn yeah. faint praise. Maybe the Cardiff were pretty average. Borough bad. Um, Borough first half were pretty pretty shit. Borough were t- yeah, look shocking first half. Slightly better second, and we completely stopped playing, which we seem to do at the hour mark in most games under under Cisco. Um, I didn't think Ipswich looked great. I thought Leeds were mm, nothing bad, nothing special. Like it's not. This is not a particularly great season. This is not a vintage Championship season. There's been vintage Championship seasons, but if your yeah. job is just to survive in this league. There has been more like mid table, mid to lower table fodder this season, I think, than several ones in the past. Which is yeah, which is all the heartbreaking nature being that you I feel the nature with when the championship is not in a vintage season, which feels like from an outsider perspective without seeing it, feels like last kind of two, three seasons, I'd say now. Yeah. yeah. Um like you can identify the smaller parts of football to get an advantage in that make the difference. Yeah. Like it's it feels sometimes like football is a game of fine margins. It is in terms of a scoreline. Like it, we're not talking American Definitely, football. Yeah. It's not a basketball game. No. Um, but like, yeah, like that's it. Other, other clubs are examples of if you get it right in certain areas, then you can cobble together. You can at least be at this part of the season with, I don't know, 500% of points that Wednesday have now. Yeah. Yes. You know, like yeah. it's... It it shouldn't it shouldn't be as difficult as we look to make it. Yeah. Even even with our hands tied and the handcuffs that we put upon ourselves. Yeah. Because again, with fine margins, you know, going into a player uh going to a manager press conference and slagging off a former player who has said something naughty about you online. You know, it's almost like it. It's almost like PR has an effect on people. It's almost like the words and actions that we have in the world actually have ramifications. And it's almost like I was dreading that. Yes, well, we we shouldn't get there too early, but I was dreading that yesterday's. (laughs) Me too. Me too. But yeah, no, I think that probably probably ties up everything. So we've. I don't know. Um, We've got so a big, yeah, big chunk want... of the negativity out the yeah. way. With... Yeah, yeah, I know. And just, to, just, to, just to yeah. one, one last little observation uh-huh. in terms of self-harming ham-fistedness from from uh, from Munoz. He made this declaration early on. Oh, Callum Patterson's not a striker. I don't see him as a striker. He's a wing back, and so insisted on playing him as a wing back when the only striker in the squad that could possibly make his system work was Callum Patterson. The, the other three have none of the attrib- attributes needed to make that role work. You needed Callum Patterson's kind of effort, athleticism and everything to be... that. Callum Patterson, as, as a focal point, might have almost maked, m- maked made, made the, the, the daft Cisco ball work. It, w- it would have looked vaguely competent with Patterson up top, but he again decided he knew best and 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 only played him as as a as a wing back. But yeah, anyway, let's go on to so Tomo comes in. We look, yeah, it looks like a sensible team selection for the first time in, in the season. Um, I thought Reese James did a great job coming in. It was clear there was a couple of players that were sort of trying to prove a point, and I thought Will Will Volks was amongst them. Um, I would have awesome in that game. Yeah, 
He's someone I would try and include more often than not, though, by and large. I know we were, uh, what happened, the Cardiff game was very frustrating. And interestingly, against Huddersfield, he did have a similar kind of clearing header at the near post where you could tell there was a moment of like, I better not screw this one up. <laughs> Get your hands in your pockets. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it all looked a lot more like a proper football team. And uh, I, I think we're unlucky not to come away with a win. I know that they had their disallowed goal um, and, and Darren Moore thought that was harsh. I, I think... It, comfortably, it's been thirty years since you're allowed to just run and jump at the goalkeeper with your uh, your knees up and getting away with it. But there you go, you know the old the old black and white footage days of like shoving the goalkeeper into the net and it being a goal uh, are long gone. <laughs> uh, Tom, Tom Lee's just purposefully pummeling the goalkeeper um, is going to always draw a foul, I think <laughs> nowadays. But yeah, that Pato miss. Um, oh man. It's agonizing. I bet he's still playing it back in his head because it, it just felt like. Yeah. It also it say it, it stole from me a moment of real um, catharsis, Luke, because Tom Lee's came on, and I was saying he's gonna remember. How, I hope he remembers all those times he struggled with Smith, and then he's marking Smith at the corner and completely loses his man. It drops for Pato as a result. And it should have been the goal and we could have gone, ah, look, it's still Tom Lee's. It's still that guy. Um, but we didn't get the chance to do that. We no chance to do it. No. So Tomo kind of cleared the decks. I think in a way, helpful not to get a win because we've kind of had that before <laughs> where the caretaker does too well and it's quite hard for the ma- manager coming in potentially. Yeah. Um, although Brian Laws did it beautifully. We, he came in on a win streak and kept it going, which was which was great. But uh, very, you know, we've had a couple of times where the the caretaker managers managed a win or two, and then the new manager comes in. It's like, oh right, thanks for nicking my bounce. <laughs> um, but it so it may, that sort of puts us in a position of what do we make of the squad that's here? So we've got, we're looking for we're looking for a new manager. We know now we've found a new manager, we'll, and we'll talk. Uh, we'll speculate wildly about what uh, what that might mean for the club. Mm. But in, in terms of looking at this squad after ten league or eleven league games now, what has what's the new manager got to work with? We've also heard that he's got a dossier already. So what 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 do you think? Mm. What do you think the dossier says? <laughs> <laughs> what do I think the dossier says? <laughs> like hmm, absolute on. crap. <laughs> Cameron Dawson is a he's a goalkeeper of a certain age. <laughs> he has a contract longer than the history of the football club. <laughs> <laughs> he will outlive everyone and outlive all human life. He is the Twinkie of Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. <laughs> he is a cockroach eating a Twinkie. Wow. <laughs> We're really getting to Werner Herzog levels. Of, uh, yes, yeah, it is. It's, it's uh, pretty Werner Herzog, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. When Hillsborough lies in ruins, uh, Cameron Dawson will still keep nets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be fascinated to see what is what Danny, Danny Rules, uh, but we've not even, I feel like I'm jumping the gun here. So we're, oh, the narrative. Oh. we're looking at the squad. <laughs> what are we saying about the squad? Um, Should we talk about the manager then, the squad? 
Yeah, let's do it that way. We saw the other way around. Let's get into because it's, 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 it's a long time talking about money off being crap. Yeah, let's have let's have some positivity. And yeah, then some... and then we'll go back to the negative. We'll make a nice <laughs> shit sandwich. There we go. No, oh, the, the... Round, like it's like a nice sandwich, but with pooey bread. It is. It is. It's like the is this is this a different gravy double double? <laughs> or what yeah. was double down? Uh, different different gravy double down. Yeah. Double down, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but oh, that bread looks vile. But there's bacon in the middle. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So we uh, we've got the man that was the second choice to Cisco uh, Munoz in the summer, but we're feeling good about ourselves and feeling good about things that we are. <laughs> like, I mean, so I don't know. I'm still thinking about some negativity. But anyway, let's let's be positive. Let's try being positive. Bunch. So, like, it it kind of his name comes up into the mix, and it kind of feels like someone whose name would come in and then would be discounted. Yes, honestly, like so. Seeing and hearing that uh, someone of the credentials for Danny Roll didn't feel like it would ever be something that Sheffield Wednesday would ever think about because no. He's young. He's a very prominent coach. He's he's sound. He's been tied to you know very high profile success in the work he did as the assistant coach to Hassan Hassan Huttle at yeah, yeah. Uh, Southampton, uh, Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich. Yeah, you know he was a prominent figure in the Bayern Munich setup. Yeah, yeah. And then with the German national team, like looking at that CV, a young coach probably with like coming into his his prime in terms of his age 34 years old none of this seems like anybody that Sheffield Wednesday would ever hire surely we're going for um if we're looking for foreign managers we're looking at someone like Munyoff we're looking at someone who's just gonna hop around from different clubs on a yearly basis and we'd be like why is that and then the reply would be that's just their life they're just a journeyman that's Chancery. That's Carlos Carvajal, which we did lucky and fortunate with. That's um, you know, Danny Roll's compatriot, Yosla Hukai. I'm not sure if he's a compatriot, but effectively German links to Yosla yes. Hukai. Very much so. So it just it never felt legible. And I don't think I it was never anything I wanted to get myself carried away with. It feels very much the appointment we should have made in the summer. Above Shishko Munyov. I'm really not sure why that decision was made to go no. with Munyov. This seems a far well, more prominent, long-term, optimistic appointment. I I think to be to be fair, and I, I think uh, Rob Rob Statton said the same sort of thing. But to be fair, I think what what what's got Munoz the job is he's got a promotion from the Championship in his on his CV. Now we now know. That was. I mean, how on earth did that happen? We 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 now know that doesn't count for anything. You should look at everything else on the CV, which is not good. Um, but uh, I think that's what's won it in, won the day for him uh, to borrow to borrow the title of Samedo's book. I think it is an un, it's a, an understandable decision going for feeling like okay, this guy's already got this promotion under his belt over somebody that's never been a manager before. But I, now it it does feel like yeah we we should have gone for the more the more uh, ambitious approach in, from the outset. Um, it's to be fair to Chancery though he's I, I did joke you know more clubs than 
calendar years and not done anything for a decade of notes and all those. That's kind of a type that we've gone for several times. But he's kind of gone for everything. You know, we've had the kind of nameless, multi-club foreign manager. We've had Bruce and... um the aforementioned Pulis as like the old stages. He's gone for young up and coming coaches in Monk and Moore and now uh, in Roll. So he kind of he doesn't seem to have a type. He's a real um, yeah. He's a, he's he's a real chameleon in terms of what he what he looks for in in managers. That's interesting. Yeah, probably something to give a a, a bit of weird respect to the man in a sense. Uh, yeah, it's it's not been everything. So we just just to kind of skip through. I'm going to go with Roel. That might be wrong. I don't know. It's uh, Rohel, is it? <laughs> we we haven't settled on a pronunciation yet. I thought it was like rule rule. rule. I, I thought it was because the because of the umlaut. Rule and um, and German. I have an umlaut. <laughs> um. So c- came from. I believe that um, RB Leipzig is very much a a kind of proving ground. It seems to be like a key club in terms of um, kind of growing coaches and talent for the German game. It seems to be kind of a stop. You you make quite often a stop on people's journey, um, a bit of a hotbed of of up and coming uh, coaches of, of various stripes. So he sort of worked his way up. Um, video analyst for the youth team, assistant manager for the youth team, assistant manager for the under-17s team, video analyst for the main team, and then assistant manager for the, the main team. Um, as video analyst, he served under Hassan Hootel and Ralph Ragnick. Mm. Um, he was Hassan Hootel's assistant uh, at both Leipzig and Southampton. Um, and that we were led to believe is where he got a bit of a taste for the English game um, and also honed his, his English skills. Um, and then uh, at Bayern Munich, he ser- he served under as an assistant manager under Hansi Flick and Nico Kovac. And then he was assistant manager for the German national team under Hansi Flick as well. So quite a CV, mm. Uh Albeit with the caveat of assistant being being there alongside the manager bit rather than just pure manager, but um, it, it's hard not to get uh, carried away at the thought that this might be something quite special for us. Are you in the same boat? I think so. It it's um it yeah it it feels like so. I, I think there's there's um you know it it is interesting that uh, people who are coming in as especially the foreign managers coming in and it it's uh. I, I feel like it's been a little limited by kind of not speaking English as a first language, but the Germans mm. have such an incredible um, schooling and education on English that the, they'll say, "Oh, my, my English is not very good," and, and then they just <laughs> and then they just have a regular conversation with you, or yes, yeah. you know, they'll be reading, they'll be reading, um, they'll be reading War and Peace in, in in their English classes, type thing, you know, compared yes. to English or something along those lines. <laughs> Yeah, no, a very, very great take on things. But uh, you can really feel like maybe I can think back and think Carvajal had, you know, his incredibly charismatic man and, you know, had a real spark and joy to his words and how he used the the English language, including, you know, we've talked about converting some of his uh, great aphorisms from from Portuguese into English, which were just delightful. And (laughs) weirdly, 
weirdly, I was thinking, I was kind of weirdly hoping that somehow we'd get some of that from Danny Roll. I don't know why, because I think he's just an incredibly pragmatic man, and he sounds like someone who um, very diligently and very articulately chooses his words. Yes. Um, but I, I, the point I'm getting at is it feels like even with some of those limitations, you can feel the excitement from him at the prospect of like this. This is um, very much, it, it's, it strikes me as incredibly ambitious. Yeah. Like you feel that ambition and, and, you know, you can, you can see, I, I think we, we have a, a kind of a, a very demure um, slacking off of ambition in yes in in britain in in the, in yeah. the british culture and english culture um but like if he is someone who's going to come in and say this is my gear change you know i'm pumping it up to however he views in the great scheme of his vision of what he wants to do with his career like a yeah. fourth like a third gear fourth gear like i want to be with someone who's gonna like push things forward yeah. And if we can be a part of his managerial success, if that's the vision, if that's how it goes, I yeah. would love that to be the case that he's here with Sheffield Wednesday, that he's that he's whipping it into fifth with us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Let's no, fire, he... fire up the old lady. Let's put on <laughs> put on our racing goggles and racing champs. And let's <laughs> let's uh let's get out at Silverstone and let's see see what this old lady can do, Rich. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Yeah, because I mean, he's remarkable. I mean, he's notably young as a as a manager. He's 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 thirty four years old. Um, you know, he, uh, that makes him the youngest manager in English football league. Wow. Um, but he's been a coach for the last twelve years. Like he's he's not completely fresh to this. His his footballing career ended very young and he he's been a you know he's been on this path of coaching um mm. which started in in 2010 like so he's not he's not just completely new to this he's not completely green um and it does feel very much as you say like this is a very ordered cv of getting better taking on more responsibility being at bigger clubs he spent the last year doing his pro license because he wants to be a manager He's also the um, in one of the interviews talked about how he learned English when he was at Southampton with Hasenhutl, but he's been he's been using an app to hone his English in the, over the last year as well. So he wants a job in English football, and we we are the chosen ones, which feels quite you know it's quite a nice place to be. I don't mm. know why <laughs> he's not picked an easy job for himself. I'm sure there would have been better opportunities available for him. Um, but that speaks highly of him as well. Like he's not shirked from this responsibility. He's like, no, I'm. You know, this is. I'm ready. They're ready. Let's do this. <laughs> it's um, yeah. It's there's lots of good stuff. Um, and and it's been very enjoyable. He obviously speaks very well. Um, that I assume that's going to improve as he gets to use his English every day talking to players as well so um that we'll be able to hopefully dip into his 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 mind a lot more as time goes by as well but um we don't know so much i mean obviously not having been the manager we we can only kind of take clues as to what the style of football might be but he's meant to believe, be a big believer in 
the kind of German Gengen press, uh, which will be. Uh, <laughs> all right, this is an audio medium. I just started doing the Gangnam style dance. That's all. <laughs> Luke cracked me up with the visual gag on the uh, on the audio, the audio podcast. <laughs> um, and then he's also talked about how he believes in uh, empowering the players to make decisions on the pitch. Mm-hmm. So he would rather you make positive decisions and maybe get things wrong than plod through. And so even though he's, his background is in video analysis, it seems like he wants to favour sort of progressive chance-taking play on the pitch, which sounds like music to my ears as a football fan. You know, I want to see those players that that take those opportunities. and. Uh, and make things happen uh, rather than kind of ploddingly passing side by side, because then he can go, I've got a 97% pass completion rate. I'm like, well done, Darren Potter. You, you're the best player ever. You didn't miss any passes. They were all two yards. They all went to the right back. <laughs> yeah. I, that... I, I really appreciate what he's saying about wanting players to make his words bold, bold choices. Yes. No, and it, it just sounds like a the exact mentality, and it just it just feels so positive. It does. It, it, does. it feels like, and I think it's you know I don't know how tempered I am. I don't I don't know what to expect. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um but I I feel like maybe hopefully if we're in the process of remolding and basically starting the season off afresh, you know the players have some degree of fitness at least, which is something. Yeah, um, curious to see if you know previous mentioned man in Dubai, Marvin Johnson comes yeah. back. Yeah, um, like that is a an interesting question mark. What is he going to do there? Um, how does he see? How does he see these players that are given to his disposal, and, and who are his options? Yeah, I'm excited to see what that is. I'm excited to see what the lineups are going to be. I'm excited, but I think there's just going to be like we are going to see a little bit in the play. I think there's going to be a little nugget that we can see every week if it yeah. doesn't, if it's not coming together. And but it just it feels right now like there's a huge positivity on the fan base. I think Wednesday yeah. fans are getting behind this. It it all feels like a rocket accelerating. Honestly, in yeah. terms of mentality, I'm curious what that's going to do to the to the squad. I I feel like I'm sure it's a huge relief with money off gone for them. I'm sure, I'm sure it makes them feel. It, it probably just you know relieves the stress around their shoulders. Yeah. Um. I I, I think, think there's been know. a positive first impression, definitely for us as fans, and it seems like hugely in the media. I want to get to that in a second. Yeah. yeah. Because that's something else as well, which I think just adds more momentum to keep yeah. this positivity train just just whipping up the gears. Um. But yeah, I like I I want to see, like I'm imagining like the players coming in and getting to deal with him. Um, I think it's I think it's going to be refreshing. Yeah, uh, it feels like there's a very real chance that they'll go from. I don't. I mean, I can't. I can only speculate as to how they were briefed, but it felt like nobody knew what they were doing. Um, like <laughs> when when you see players on the pitch, you sort of sometimes you like, oh, everyone's talking. That's really good. That that can be there can be positives to that of like, okay, 
they're talking, there's kind of, we've got six captains on the pitch, that's good, that sort of thing. This was not that sort of talking. This was like, what the heck are you doing? What am I supposed to be doing? This was like terrified talking that was happening. I think everybody's going to be really well briefed as to what they're expected to do each game when they step on the pitch. I don't think there's going to be there's going to be any doubt about what their role is and and what part they play in things, which will be, I'm sure, a huge relief to to most of the players. Um, it, I mean, it, it, it's interesting the timeline because he's talking about oh, it's been a week of talking about being in position, so. He's watched all of our games during that week. He's it's he's incredible. got this dossier of players together. It's, it's just like <laughs> I think there's something in the interview, like we're looking at his first interview of Wednesday, that made me give a kind of scary kind of uh, callback to the worlds of Yoslahukai and mm. weirdly Munyov, which is not something I think we we're aware of. Like I yeah. you said, we were not aware of like the tra- you know training all you know yes. more than yeah. a regular approach. You know, it, there's something that seems a little bit kind of charmless about some elements of the pragmatism. Yeah. But I mean, like, just that presentation and the way that, like, he spent and committed all that time. I don't know if I, I, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't no. do that. I wouldn't be like, I'll, I'll see what happens and then I'll commit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait He's till like, he signs. This is like, this is happening. I have time on my hands. This is how I'm going to commit my time and he's just given yeah huge amounts of time to commit yeah, to analyzing it's phenomenal it's like i mean if you know even just the league games it's like days and days of of what like waking hour watching like that's two, mm. two three days solid <laughs> of, uh, of like work work yeah time. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's um, and that was before things were officially official. So yeah, that's that's impressive. That's exciting, and the fact he still wants the job after that as well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> 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 might be brave, might be foolish, or just it's that self belief again. Um, but you know, he knows he's walking in with his eyes open about what where we are in the league, what the performances have been like so far, um, and. Yeah, still wants this to be his step along this along this road. Just want to say, have you happened to absorb any of the media, uh, any of the articles coming out from the local press about about Mister Danny Rude? I've I've dabbled. I'm intrigued because obviously you sort of uh, you've got a particular take, so I'm happy to let you uh, let you lead on this. It's just it just again like there's an element of like you know we see a degree of like. You know, a kind of charm offensive. Yeah, not even a charm offensive. I think it's just a re- remarkable, just being taken with someone who's just so professional. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if you've heard. So the clicks on an article which was uh, by Toadie Alex Miller mm. of the of the Sheffield Star. Handshakes, <laughs> confidence, and bassist vibes. Oh, there you go. That's Danny ruled was bang on first impression. That is the. Start of the <laughs> Um, so I was like, oh, basis vibes. I'm going to click on this. <laughs> the first thing you notice about Rule is an understated confidence. You'd say he gave off a vibe of handsome basis for a major Britpop band if Alex James wasn't two decades older. <laughs> One thing that seems to, I've heard this commented by Alex Miller in this article, but also I think Rob State and my, or maybe Joe Cran as well came out with this. Um, smartly dressed with ankles peeking from between shoe and trouser end. 
we love the fact that he's even not wearing socks or he's got like those incredibly low low fit socks. Coquettishly flashing a little bit of ankle. Forever showing a bit of skin. Yeah. <laughs> Some mild German romantic insinuation, maybe. <laughs> the most innocuous body part is somehow sexual, <laughs> maybe. Maybe maybe they've been doing it right all this time. Maybe maybe those cretins and the and the other rest of the English speaking <laughs> world are just idiots. I will say, if he comes in and brings in, you know, I remember Yosu Hukai did away with the uh, having them have like English breakfasts and like very yes. much English food, yeah. and that upset a lot of the players. Similar to was it Moyes took away chips or something along those lines, <laughs> and that that caused a caused a big problem um, at Manchester United. Uh, if he brings in that weird uh, German world of having breakfast, which is basically just like little bits of bread and cheese and ha- and like mm-hmm. meats, quite like that. <laughs> I'm thinking of the uh, the Key and Peel continental breakfast sketch. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's going to be it's going to be a real journey, isn't it? It's really fascinating, and and I, I I'm I'm firmly in agreement with the local press that the best thing it feels like the best thing that Chinsiri could do is kind of say to Roel, "This is your club, and you know what we I'm I'm here to give you the support and make the you know he's a video analyst. Do we even have a video analyst at Wednesday?" Do we have the tech set up to do that properly? You know, the the tools that he needs to do his job properly will serve Wednesday in the future, regardless of where of of how long this this his tenure lasts. But I think I think the interesting thing in that regard is I think it's it's an element about the world of football management is that there's so much that we don't see. There's so much we can't assess because there's so much that we don't see. We don't know what's going on. Day to day, we don't know the conversation with the managers and the players. We don't see what's happening in training. We don't see the preparation, but we're getting an insight into that. And it's it, yeah. it, it's astonishing, basically. Yeah, definitely. So I don't know how much was previously done. I remember when me and you back in the day, what was it back in 2009, 2010, whatever that year was that we, we got yeah. to go around and do the, do the training grounds uh, tour um, that I fortunately won. Um, we had a ProZone room, I remember. Is ProZone still a thing, or was ProZone just a flash in the pan? Well, they all wear the little bras, don't they? So they must be that level of like analysis going on. True, they do wear <laughs> the little, little bras. <laughs> it's, um, it keeps your little titties in check, but also uh, tracks where you run about on the pitch. It's yeah, heavy, and then you just get better on all the metrics because you're not worrying about your, your big old titties. That's <laughs> Oh, what, just me? Oh, okay. <laughs> Michael Smith of Sheffield Wednesday chimes in. I used to get absolutely chafed nipples to bits, but now all I need to focus on is getting down the getting down the wings, <laughs> getting me sent in the box, and smashing goals in. <laughs> now that my nipples aren't bleeding 24-7. <laughs> Captain, Club captain Barry Bannon chimes in. Now that my wee totties aren't getting jiggled about all the time, I can actually focus on make, making these slide rule passes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next Alex Miller article. Of course, of course, the man who sexualized the ankle as found in his thing has has interesting views on the human and the the human anatomy. 
in regards to football. Well, you see, you see, Alex, the uh, the most important parts of a player's body is the nips. Nips. Once you look after the the nips, the rest of the the body takes care of itself. <laughs> Do you? <sighs> In my days at RB Leipzig, uh, uh, Ralph Ragnick and myself uh, developed a revolutionary way of uh, of bombing the nipples um, so that all chafing was reduced to almost nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a mixture used... of tea tree oil and aloe vera. I used uh, the video <laughs> analyze the areolas of the players. There we go. There we, yeah, go. we go. And then talking about players' nipples, is that the best segue to talk about? What nipples has he inherited? <laughs> All X times players times two, unless Callum Patterson's got three or something, maybe. Do you think he gives off that sort of the nipple energy? I think so. Big, He's big, got confidence. Big, big, big nip energy. <laughs> Oh dear! I hope you can't hear uh, Alexa. I can Why? hear Alexa. I'm sure Alexa's oh, like yeah. she's chimed in. She's like any, any talk of nipples. Rich- you can bet Alexa will be on the on the call. Richard, I cannot play big nipple energy. <laughs> it was never a single for Nicki Minaj. Um, <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny whether Callum Patterson has a third nipple, aka a Nubin. <laughs> so, please. so. These players. These, these players. players. There's actually players attached to these nipples, would you believe it? Um, <laughs> the dossier. I think I got, I don't know when I, I, I started um, slightly trolling uh, yourself and uh, and my sister, Suzanne, uh, early in the season, saying, <laughs> would Munoz make October? Um, which was partly joking, but I wasn't far off. Uh, in in that uh, in that assessment, um, he he made it to the fourth of October, um, but that I think that was when I was starting to feel that I think early in the season, like the Southampton game, my my broad feeling was, oh, this isn't this is not a good squad. I kind of had bought into a lot of the stuff about oh, that's that League One team's too old, um, and then I was questioning the additions, the quality of the additions. Um, and so, yeah, if you add a squad that's crumbling to, if you add sort of sloppy additions to a, a squad that's crumbling, you start to get a, you, doing the kind of mental mathematics of it, you kind of go, okay, this is good. This is a, this is not a good squad that he's got mm, to. Mm-hmm. But I think I fairly quickly came to the decision that he was not getting all he could from the squad. And I actually think some of the additions are might be half decent once they get the chance to play in a team that's not completely clueless and awful. What's your kind of broad feel to things? Or specific feel to things? Oh, I guess there's a weird there's a weird amalgamation of players we know very well. Players we know very well who are currently within have been within the fixture of this uh 2023-2024 season. Yeah. Um, you know, who are playing probably as expected. I don't think no one's like covering himself in any glory. Like no one's, but like I'd no. probably say someone like Palmer's probably been about as we expected. I offer's probably been as about as we expected. There's a few other names I'd probably say okay. So there's players who are performing who I'd be like eh, they're not doing as well. There are players we know who we're not seeing, such as James and you know Marvin Johnson. 
Yeah. Um, possibly Dawson to that effect as well. But, you know, going to that, there's new players who are okay, and there are new players who are terrible. No, not okay. But I also feel like there's a weird category where the players are terrible, where I feel like tried to give a benefit of doubt. And um curious to see what um what what Danny do, Danny Rule does with um a couple of these players. But yeah. there's two that I wanna say that like right now I, I think I'm very comfortable with just, just writing them off on the podcast. And okay. that is basically Jeff Hendrick and Ashley Fletcher. I've never known to complete absolute waste of space. Yeah. Like there's just players that Fletcher I thought would have a bit of upside when he we brought him in. I, yeah. I think he added something that was a little bit different in his pace. So I was hoping to see that kind of utilize more. Hendrick is just completely that player that we've seen before. We've seen this loan move before. We've seen like George, George Boyd. George Boyd, David Jones. Yeah. Uh maybe Saws, Tom Saws a little bit. Yeah. I yeah. thought Saws was a little bit better than you did, but still not <laughs> hugely positive. Um just absolute busted flush. Butterfield. Butterfield. Oh yeah, yeah. Forgotten about him. Uh, <sighs> yeah, just busted flush, busted flush, a spent force. You yeah. Know? And why is why is it our and I just feel like this this growing heaving resentment as I'm also at the game, and I feel like I would turn to you, Rich, if me if I was with you in person and watching the games and just being like, why why do we have to be a custodian for this shit player yeah. for like yeah. him? Him whiling out his few years before he retires, honestly. The only what, good thing about it is it's a loan. It is. It is. It, it's not ours. But, <clears> like, <throat> it just feels like a waste of a space. Yeah. Like, um, hilariously, I think we came in and I think we found that, like, Buckley sounded like a player who would probably, like, do really well. And then we get taken away from us. But it's not got there yet. <laughs> no, it's not. And, it, and especially when you think <clears throat> about how many... So what we have twenty five slots for professional players because this is the conversation. Yeah. So do we only have twenty four registered players in that's terms right. of the squad? Which is not. Yeah. I'm not saying only to it like that's a bad thing. That's a good number if they are solid yeah. professionals. There's probably a few gaps in there, and there's some players that. Eh. <clears throat> but as we've mentioned, but like it just feels like, do we have to have this guy take up a space? It's yeah. just taking up a space. It's yeah, and um, so when he's on the pitch, like he's just filling a shirt yeah there's nothing else going on there and i really hoped that that wasn't the situation when you know he came in um that like it it just it felt everything that we feared and heard from reading fans from his 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 tenure with them last season and their relegation season it's amazing he's still getting called up for republic of ireland for ireland there's more to ireland than this and this we're not all there um right um uh, yeah i think uh, i think that's the that's the yardstick really is you could i think i think maybe bannon's lost a bit of a step um and also we're obviously seeing him in him injured in a way that mm. never really been at wednesday um he's had the odd i mean we know he's played with injuries and there's been periods of time but but it's, there's it's also a... a weird thing that, like, with Bannon, that, like, I don't know whether we, we've ever... I don't know if we're seeing him in... I don't know if the situation's always been with Bannon. Like, we, we seem to just eternally... Sometimes we just... Uh, there seems to have been a lot within his period of 
defining different roles for Bannon mm. in the squad. And it's kind of a bit like, I don't know why it feels like, it feels like you're trying to fix something that isn't broken when you're yeah. doing that. So like within the system now, so I mean, he is, he is getting old. Um, you know, aren't we all? I th- you know, he's going to be 34 in yeah. a month and a half time to just yeah. to date him. You know, I'm sure he's, yes, using losing a yard of pace. Um, but it, it felt like last season in League One, like, why didn't we just play him in the hole? I think we had that conversation. Why yeah. did we give that role to Windass? Windass is a pacier player, but didn't seem the right fit for him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, well, so I, I suppose really I shouldn't have led with the caveat of I think there are a couple of players that are maybe showing some of that vintage, or maybe it's getting more exposed by the the higher level of athleticism in the championship. Um, mm. Gregory's in that group. I think potentially Bannon's in that group. I do wonder. Uh, I know you said he's doing roughly what you'd expect. I think Palmer's been poor this season so far. I do. I do wonder if yeah. There's a possibility time might have caught up with him a little bit, or what he was. But he started the season injured, didn't he? he, had, he yeah, had yeah. I'm giving, i giving the benefit. All of them, they get the benefit of the doubt in that nobody's looked good, so it's fair enough that you don't look good in this system because nobody's shone. But I think it's when you look at people like Byers, like um, Famuwo, that that are. Age is not a factor. Byers is at 26 or whatever he is, is not, he's not lost a step due to age. Famuwo's 24, but they look way worse than they did last season. Way, way, like they look terrible. And I think that's what started to make me think, do you know what? This manager is really not, he's getting less than the sum of the parts out of what's here. Um, I think, I think, um, I think those two are, are examples of it in terms of players who were already here that don't look so good under the uh, under the new regime. Um, the players that are come, have come in that are uh, new players, um, again, none of them have particularly shone. But I, I do think Musaba looks like he could be... I think he's a bit of a prospect. Um, and I, I I can see him used correctly being quite a, quite a decent addition in some way. I mean, he's 20... Is he 22? Probably, uh, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's young and he's he's got the energy and the pace. But yeah, I'm I'm disappointed. Hendrick, awful. Fletcher, it's like his brain can't do can't do two or three thoughts at the same. It's like there can only be one thought in his mind at once. So it's like he's running or he's dribbling or he's passing, but he can't do like a run and then a pass, and he can't do a run and then a tackle. It's just like there's. It's like everything happens. It's like the opposite of a pigeon. You know, like pigeons see things in slow motion, so that they kind of like they move, they move late, but they 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 make all the right moves. And it's like it's like he sees everything sped up, and it's like everything just passes him by before he can react to it. It's, he's just got the worst, yeah, the worst reactions to anything. He's so easily turned if he's trying to try to close somebody down. I don't know. Obviously, confidence is a part of it, but he just. I can't believe how bad he looks as a guy that has been has played pretty much his whole career as a championship. Yeah, but I I, I find it so funny because I think he's because we've mentioned those previous characters who are just uh, coming in at the end of the time and, and seemingly lost their way. Like 
with that, there just feels like the the giant thing I, I think about with these players is it just feels like I mean it, it is ability and you know as you say legs go players' bodies change. Not everybody is the same player they were in the twenties. Yeah, but sometimes obviously players improve as well. You know with you know how they play the game and how they handle and how they approach things. So there's that as well to be thought of. But like it just feels like he's got an identity crisis. Like I feel yeah. with play like this, I'm like what. You almost have to like do an exercise with them to say what what type of player are were you and what type what is the what is the gap there what is what are we missing like look at that performance like why is that he and still then, looks weird I'm surprised how quick he is that's fine it's, yeah. it's not an athletic deficit it's something else mm. very strange there's only one game to be fair to him there was one game where I thought he actually came on and made a difference and that was against Cardiff because one thing that we persisted in doing is sort of flicking balls over the top of defenses when we had the slowest two players. Oh, well, often actually it was just Gregory up front on his own. Like flicking the ball in behind for Lee Gregory to chase is the stupidest idea a manager has come up with in the, in the Sheffield Wednesday dugout for quite some time. <laughs> like I can't think of a more uniquely unsuitable striker to be chasing the ball in behind. He's just looked such a sort of tired old dog <laughs> this season, Gregory. <laughs> but it's not his fault. He's not been, I mean, what he's really good at what he does, but he certainly doesn't do chasing the ball in behind. So we had that game against Cardiff where we dro- we put in Fletcher to do the same thing and chase some of those lost causes. And actually he was able to get on the end of them because he's got a, a modicum of pace still. Um it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's going to be really fascinating to see where how things turn around, how things go from here. Um, what I'm intrigued mm. to hear your thoughts on a particularly divisive. Well, there's two divisive figures we should probably talk about in a bit of detail. But the first one I'm thinking is Bambo, Bambo Diaby. Mm. Oh yeah, I wonder if you're going to bring him up. Um, reminds me of the, you know, I think came in, I think we, we probably made this comparison when we were doing the preview or, you know, kind of transfer window closure thoughts on signings. Um, you know, reminds me a lot of Rita Johnson, you know, the tall athletic kind of brute strength of a defender who looks like he could be marauding, looks like he could score a goal. Yeah. Looks like kind of you know Bambi, Bambi on ice, Bambo on ice, Bambo on ice. Yeah, coming to <laughs> coming to the Sheffield Utilita Arena. Is it now? Is that what it is? <laughs> this this Christmas time. Um, but it, again, it's that whole thing of being like, oh, they're a bit of a bomb scare defending. Yes, yeah, effectively. So <laughs> it's like, how do we kind of manifest and get that to? Uh, the best place possible for him. And uh, yeah, that's a difficult, difficult question. Yeah. I still, I mean, it was very incredible. It's very rare to see a player have such a bad game as he had against Sunderland. But um, (laughs) ending with knocking himself and his, uh, and a fellow player out. Um, (laughs) um, But I do I do like that. I like that big-hearted enthusiasm and I feel like the right coach and the right partners in defense could make a real asset of him in the same way that we managed to do with Reader. Um I don't know that he's got a life as a marauding uh right back in him. 
Um, because am I right in thinking that's what we did with Reader? We made him a left back. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of took him out of some of the heat of the defending side of things, but let him. It meant we had him for set pieces in both boxes. Yeah, and and obviously the fact he's so enthusiastic meant that he could do the back and forth of being a fullback fairly well. I don't know. I so I don't know whether Bambo's got a future as a as a right back. <laughs> ahead of him but I also think if you're doing a three you could probably utilize him as one of the the three quite effectively as long as you kind of well somebody else's job is to cover him behind him for the times where he will definitely go big and miss <laughs> for headers and cut tackles hmm. so someone like a heckway following him behind him might work quite effectively um the, the other divisive figure I feel with that worth covering it specifically is uh is is Devison Vasquez. Interesting you brought him up. Okay, because I don't know if you're gonna go and think about um Devison, think about think one I thought you were gonna talk about maybe one of the um I, I thought there's quite a divisive figure in Delgado. Yeah. They're, in a way they're kind of all well there's a few there's quite a few though, isn't there? There's, there's like a, at least pushing into two handfuls. Yeah. That's Chris is an interesting one because I mean I think he's fairly decent as a goalkeeper. Like I I I think it was interesting hearing the comments from the era about the lack of press. Like the crime being what you're doing without the ball. Yes, but I, I I think I typically that is such a huge area that is a level of analysis and application intelligence that I'll be honest is a little bit outside my kind of regular you know dull dull support of brain because because maybe maybe I just want to watch football as you know watch my football team as a, a source yeah. of entertainment you know and fun there I don't want to kind of work my brain muscles on it but I was more thinking about like how Wednesday have been with the ball and a big element of that has been Vasquez and it's not the thing I've I've found with my damnation of what it's been like on the money off so far of the season what we've seen this season is you know, we we've gone with Vasquez over Dawson. Um, I think I I would prefer that from him coming in and and like I think his performances have been good largely. Um outside of that, I think the thing that comes with Vasquez is I don't know if this is conducive to who he is and how he has to play, or whether it's just like Munyoff has been like, This is how I think Sheffield Wednesday would play, is Vasquez does have very good distribution and we work on playing it out from the back. Um, I He's had a couple of moments of being a bit dodgy with that, yeah. with a couple of poor decisions. But I think largely from a, a series of that, if you're going to do that, um, I don't think it's a particularly bad negative error percentage. Yeah. But I guess the difficult and weird thing there is it's very telling if you make a boo-boo at that. But also the main thing, I don't really blame him for some of mm. when that's gone wrong. I blame the defenders in front of him. Like they play it in front of them, and I don't really expect many of those players to do any great positive things building yeah. forward. So it's a bit like, well, you know, we're we're playing it around, we're drawing people, we're creating space. I'm like, yeah, but you still need a degree of ball playing comfortability, comfort. Yeah. And then I look through the collection of centre-backs we have, and I'm like, maybe for me, well? Yeah. Outside of that, I'm like, I'm struggling. 
I'm really struggling to see who's going to do anything greatly positive from there. So, you know, teams presses, we shit ourselves, yeah. you know, the, the cry of, oh no, football. That you yeah, <laughs> whoever it was, forgive me, like seems to be prominent from all the players when any degree yeah. of pressure is applied to them. So, and then Dawson's just not good at that. And I mean, I remember like Dawson distributed from the back under Lukai was rolling it out to players. Mm. Like there was barely anything. It, his foot only knows how to, to boot it, you know. <laughs> you know, it feels like having the conversation with Cameron Dawson follows the cultural milestone in cinema of the Barbie film, which, you know, of which the joke is about Ken, whereas like sometimes, you know, sometimes I don't just Ken, sometimes I beach. You know? <laughs> and it feels like his foot's kind of like, sometimes it, it it's not there to keep me, so no, some the rest of the time it just wellies it forward. Like, there's no degree that ne- never feels any degree of touch that Cameron Dawson knows. Yeah, it's fine because it's just it, it, the main thing is goalkeeping and saving, and he's quite good at that. Yeah, you know he's definitely an established third tier player. Is he a championship goalkeeper? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think I sort of. I think I, I'm the, I'm the same in that I, I broadly I think I do prefer Vasquez getting the nod there, mm. but it unfortunately certainly for the way we were playing, but may, possibly for the, the 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 whole of the season we sort of needed if Cameron Dawson is say sixty out of a hundred we needed someone that was like seventy five or eighty out of a hundred and we've got someone who's like sixty two and a half. Like I think he's a little bit better than Cameron Dawson, but only yeah. just. And I don't yeah. know that either of them are good enough. Yeah. Um, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, you'd think someone coming in from a big club uh, and an international goalkeeper in that way would be kind of streets ahead. And maybe it speaks to the fact that Cameron Dawson's come on a fair amount to the 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 Yost days, uh, which yeah. I think to be he has. Um, but it, yeah, my, my broad feeling is I don't love either of them being in the nets. I don't like relish the thought of them being under the pressures that we're putting them under because I don't think particularly great. But neither of them terrible, which is good. Um, you know, that's better than, than one of them being terrible, one of them being okay. Mm-hmm. But um, they're both just okay. Um, well, yeah, do we want to do Delgado now then? We can do. I, I don't. Yeah, because then I don't know if it comes into Valentin. It, it feels like the you know the uh, international fallback exports. You know, <laughs> Rich, it... Rich and I had a conversation about beer in the UK. Like I don't know. <laughs> is is um well, that's not, Madri's not even. Madri's not even in Madri of <laughs> pretty much. That's not <laughs> yeah. even. You know, it's an assumed foreign thing. I don't know. Yeah, he sort of claims to come from Madrid, but plays a lot more like somebody that comes from uh, Mansfield. <laughs> it's interesting. I think Delgado, I think, broadly has been all right. I think there's a lot of players that are kind of six and a half out of ten in terms of their performance over the season. The The main thing is the collective has been so poor, it's been really hard for anybody to even just keep their head above water. And we know that even good players from last season haven't... Uh, I mean, Windass has done the sum total of nothing this year. Um, he's been completely anonymous. And we know what an influence he can be in games. Um, 
So I think it, it's a little bit hard to judge anybody. For me, Delgado, <laughs> I'm a simple man. If you try hard, you win a lot of brownie points with me. And I at least look, he at least looks like he's trying all the time. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. He's not okay. a wonderful player, but I think he's, he might be all right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Valentin is weirdly effective as a kind of flip side of things. I think Valentin has an incredibly simple game, <laughs> which is knock it past the guy, run and cross. But it weirdly, I mean, he's had some some fallbacks in having kittens. The 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 Borough fullback could not handle him. Yeah, um, and obviously the goal he played a part in the goal as a result of that. Uh, he's weirdly been quite effective. He doesn't look very. He doesn't look fit enough. Unfortunately, he seems to completely disappear after an hour um, in a way that is sort of tr- trouble in games because <laughs> um, you need a like for like to replace him. Mm. Uh, but yeah, ne- neither of them are. I, I I don't mind either of them, at least on that bare bare effort side of things. What about yourself? You know, it's funny. I'm just having a wry smile on my face, and I'm just imagining, you know, what could what could possibly be, and what could possibly be not written in fiction. Um, <laughs> which imagine the world of you know Wednesday on a huge tangent, or just doing so positively well, and you know. And imagining uh, a, a riotous applause for Mr. Malik Wilkes coming off the pitch, and Danny Roll, Danny Roll greets him with two hands to his face and kisses his forehead. Yes, as Malik Wilkes is his boy. <laughs> could, could you imagine such a crazy, crazy science fiction? <laughs> well, he is. What I'm amazed how much I'm amazed we're seeing Wilkes, any Wilkes, any Wilkes. Um, yeah. One from a fitness point of view and two from a choices point of view. I've been amazed how many games, how much, how many minutes on the pitch Lee Gregory has got and how many games he's started. And yeah. I think the biggest surprise of the season is, well, and also just the, the other one, I offer, lots of I offer, way more I offer than I thought we would see. The biggest surprise is Backinson. Who on earth, if you, I would have got listed a lot of players. If you were like, oh, this player is going to play like half the games and at one point play left wing, I would not pick back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, you know, it's definitely with Backinson probably has his moments of looking like a professional footballer, but, uh, you know, clearly it crumbles apart, but it, it does make you give a weird thing of like, maybe what was, what was Shishko seeing in, um, in training? Yeah. All those hours and hours every day. <laughs> toiling away toiling away oh, uh, oh. Well, I, I'm intrigued just to uh, this is purely on a kind of picking picking my friend's brain level I'm intrigued to hear what you uh, think of, of Masaba from what you've seen so far yeah, that's alright you know he's quick you know I'm, I'm surprised we've never seen as much of Gusama yeah you know, he's never done anything has the he? other young promising young promising uh, pacey pacey wing, winglet that we brought in from abroad <laughs> <laughs> so I, I thought I like I keep thinking I was like I forget about but I've liked what I've seen of Masaba I think he's had a couple of appearances where he's um, he's added something different from the bench and looks look very good I think so. he's got good goal scoring instincts as well like he seems to move in the right ways to like like his two I think has he got two goals so far or three goals generally it's involved him sort of stepping back from the fray in the box and then 
presenting himself as a passing option. And I think that things like that are like, that's a good sign that he's got that goal scoring head on his shoulders. Mm. Um, Cause you can be as a winger, you can be a bit aimless, particularly a pacey winger that, that he has. He is. Um, so I don't know what, how much more there is to talk, but it feels like we should mention probably the, the only unqualified success of the new boys, which is Deshaun Bernard. I was going to say, are you going to mention uh, Bernard being, <laughs> being pretty good? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only thing that worries, obviously, that we, uh, we talked about it when he signed, the worry with him is that he's only signed for a year. Um, it would be nice to tie him down to something a bit longer, but uh, yeah. he looks the business, doesn't he? Um, he's great. Yeah. How, how much, pl- even good, very good players have toiled under this, uh, or under the previous regime. He, by and large, <laughs> has has looked very, very good. I completely agree. Yeah. No, I, I think he was the most impressive of the signings that we made. And yeah, wonderful. Great player. That tackle um, against Huddersfield late on was gorgeous as well. I absolutely loved it. Took the man and the ball and got a got a, a throw in out of it. That was just chef kiss level defending. <laughs> a big cruncher. The end of the match. Leave the striker in a heap. And 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 win the set piece afterwards. Beautiful stuff. Wonderful. <laughs> I think though, I, I can see. I think I think we're quite lucky in terms of. The, it's strange to say because we've we have let in quite a lot of goals, but defending centre back wise, it feels like we do have. I'd be amazed if we can't cobble together a decent defence out of what we've got there. I think we've it got. Was, yeah, it feels like options. a good amount of um, options, really. Yeah, and different. Types as well. They're not all like identikit mm. players. Um, and I, I, I also wouldn't mind. It, it, one of the things I, I said, um, looking at the squad, because we were talking about uh, Neil Warnock potentially coming in, and uh, also how much Rob Statton enjoyed lo- doing his impression of Neil Warnock. Uh, <laughs> nobody's sadder than than Rob that uh, that Neil Warnock hasn't got the job. He could have done that every week. Uh, and he loves that. Go, please, if anybody, if you're feeling like down, if you're having a bad day, go watch the clip of Rob Statton doing his Neil Warnock impression. It's just pure joy. It's um, it's he just loves rocking that out. It's you can tell he's been waiting for the moment, and he uh, he dines out out on it. Um, <laughs> but but one of the things I thought was, do you know, weirdly, we kind of have a very Warnock friendly squad in that. You've got you could have he could have his big lads across the back. He'd have DRB or I off a right back, and he'd have he'd keep Famuwa at left back because he's six foot three and uh, and he can play left back. We we'd have an enormous defense. We'd play Smith up top, and we who needs a midfield? He'd have the quick lads either side of Smith. That's what he would. Yeah. In a way, it writes itself for Warnock because you'd yeah. have you'd have Gasama on one side, you'd have Masaba on the other. And you lump it forward, and it doesn't matter who you play in midfield because the ball's never going to get there. Well, or you could just you 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 know you put those uh, centre back, you put those centre midfield roles. I, I guess similar to thinking about time of Megson, like you yeah, know, it's like well, we've got we've got Chris Lyons in centre midfield who's going to yeah. take set pieces. Yes, Will, exactly. Will, yeah. Will Volks in Bannon's absence was taking some great set pieces. He was, he was. So yeah, Volks would be Volks ideal. Or it's Bannon as well. Or you think, fuck it, let's go with us. You know, you got some yeah. people who yeah. have some degree of aptitude in taking set pieces. Yeah, 
so yeah, it was sort of strange looking at the squad and actually going, do you know, it it yeah, it it picks itself for for, for Warnock. <laughs> and it wouldn't that wouldn't be a bad side. I think that's another sort of thing of like if that's what if that's what Cisco ended up doing, we'd have way more points than we've got on the board now. That I think that could work. It wouldn't be pretty, but it would be effective. Be much more effective than what we've been served up thus far. So I think there's, I think there's some bones of something. It's, I, I think it's to me, it's more of an optimistic thing. I, I think nobody's as bad as they've looked because the collective has been terrible under under Munoz. So I suppose I'm sort of giving quite a positive <laughs> take on things in terms of. I think for the new manager coming in, there's the skeleton of something all right. Not maybe not good, but in a very average looking championship, I think there's probably you could cobble some some a team together that's going to win one in three, one in you know what, which might be enough. I think so. You would think so. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing to think about and get giddy and excited about the prospect of what role is going to bring to Sheffield Wednesday and then coming back and thinking about the squad and you can look at those players and you can think of each one of them and their limitations. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, that, we didn't touch on this at the time, but I liked his answer because he was, he was asked by one of the members of the press about, is he going to use his connections to bring in some, some star quality loan players potentially? And his answer to that was that he wanted to build something that those players would want to come and be part of, which I thought was uh, oh, get in. an absolutely stellar answer. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So he's got till January to put that together. <laughs> no pressure. Um, no pressure, Danny. Just give you a Pro Evolution Soccer uh, rating of an S for that answer, <laughs> Danny. <laughs> but look, at, I mean, th- there, are, there are teams that I'm looking at like so our next three games are all ones that are winnable. <laughs> I suppose everything's winnable. <laughs> but like we're playing teams that are down in the mire with us. We've got Watford next. Mm. We've got Plymouth after that. And then we've got Rotherham. Those are three teams that are, well, we're not in, in striking distance of anyone, unfortunately. We've, we've done that badly. But if we were, if we had three more points, we'd be in striking distance of those teams. They're all down in the mire with us. Um, so I think in a way you couldn't have picked a more ideal start for, for a new manager. Mm. I think, I think it's a runoff and it's a, two away games as well. So there's a little bit less pressure there. Like you can feel things out before you've got the Hillsborough debut for, for the, the game, the, the, um, the third of those three games. That's the Rotherham game, isn't it? It's the first home game. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, all these things are like, if this was any other club, you'd be like, oh, all these things are set up for success. <laughs> it's just because just it's Sheffield Wednesday, we're like, well, it could be, maybe. Uh, but that feels like, I mean, it feels like if you had to write a plan of who would you like to play for your first three games, all the, you, you wouldn't get far off the three teams we've got. I, um, I know Watford have kind of higher aspirations than where we are, but they're also, you know, they've not won in five games, same as us. They've lost three games and drawn. In fact, their last five form over the last five is exactly the same as us. Um, draw, loss, 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 draw. Um, but there, yeah, there, there's Huddersfield in 19th, haven't won a game in five games. Plymouth above them have only won one game in five. Blackburn have won one game in five and lost the other four. 
So you're kind of looking up at like almost fifth, like 16, 15th in the table of teams that are bang average yeah. and not playing particularly well. It's a, We've set ourselves a task to catch up. It's almost like the point deduction season that in the way that we've got to kind of make up six points to get to even be in the conversation. But it's not, this is not a wonderful league that we're trying to there's there's been championships where you feel like 10 to 15 teams are playoff contenders that we've been there um this is this is more the other way around i think there's 10 to 15 teams that could get relegated in this championship yeah which play in our favor if we can start to even even look vaguely competent at the game of football yeah <laughs> oh so <laughs> We've we've been sort of pessimistic, optimistic, and realistic, and maybe come back to a bit of optimism at the end. Does that feel? Probably. <laughs> like, we've we've dallied all over the spectrum, haven't we? We've you know the seismograph has gone back and forth on that one. Yeah. Anything more to add before we? Uh... No, I think we've we've said said a hell of a lot. I think we've covered it. We've done it. We've done it. My my Wednesday itch has been scratched. In typical different gravy fashion, we have done it to death. Uh, <laughs> we turn over all the stones. We then turn them over again and go, did you actually turn that one over? Oh, yeah, we did turn that one over. And then, you know, um, I can see in the background that Leonard has climbed a, climbed a tower in the way that we want to see Wednesday climb up the league. Uh, Leonard is Luke's cat rather than his uh, flatmate. Um, and you, just- you might have heard him purr on the recording. I'm not sure if it came through. Well, fingers crossed. That would be nice. Bit of colour. Bit of ASMR. Uh, Yeah. So, let's wrap things up. Our well-monitor is feeling vaguely in the positive element. Um, And we're trying to stop ourselves feeling overly positive, because we know what happens. Uh, Yeah, we'll say cheerio for now. Um, Lovely conversing with you again, Luke. As always with you, Rich. (laughs) Licking some wounds and... uh, yeah, they're picking over the various bits and pieces of Wednesday detritus. Um, yeah, cheerio, folks. I hope you've uh, hope you've enjoyed this little dip into the world of different gravy again. And we'll uh, we can't promise when we'll be back, but it will happen at some point. It will be back at some point. Yes, <laughs> I'll be back eventually. Uh, said said <laughs> said Arnold Schwarzenegger. Almost right. Cheerio. Love to all. Bye bye. Thanks, everyone. See you bye. Thank you.